All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everybody, happy post Memorial Day. Welcome to the Dropping the Gloves podcast. Thank you for joining us here. Tim's here as usual. I'm here from sunny Traverse City, 85 and sunny out today. It's been a great week so far. You know why? Because we didn't do anything on Monday. And now it's Tuesday and the week's almost over. Tim, how was your Memorial Day? What did you do? Did you go for a hike? Did you read a theological book in the forest with your dog? Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I did. No, I did. I didn't read a book in the forest, but I did go for a hike and I did read a book and I did hang out with my dog. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. It was raining most of the weekend, though. So we were inside for a lot of it, unfortunately. How was yours? Mine was great. Beautiful weekend. We had a little beach bonfire with some friends. Just fantastic. You know, just a lot of fun. Good group of friends. Nice, uh, nice night. We're out there for a while. Then the next day. Monday, we had a little bonfire in my backyard, had some s'mores. It's great. Highlight of my weekend. The grass is starting to grow on my on my on my yard. The drain fields put in. I have the flat piece of grass. I know people don't care about this, but I do. They do. I've been watering this puppy twice a day for 20 minutes. Like clockwork. I actually haven't done it today. I got to text my wife after this. But we're, we're starting to see some fruits from my labor. It's very nice to see. So I ordered some patio furniture this weekend, got the Memorial Day savings. So that's going to come in a week. Oh, man, it's going to be epic. I'm going to get that and I'm going to get the kids playground set. Then I'm going to build the deck on top of the shipping container. Then I'm going to throw a party for all of our listeners. And you're more than welcome to come over. It's just, it was a great weekend. Did you go? Did you go hunting for babes, Tim? Memorial Day fishing for some chicky poos? No, like I said, it was raining all weekend. So we was a, it was a big TV watching, reading, cooking, relaxing weekend. Are you like a post up at the corner of the bar type of guy and let them come to you? Or do you walk around and pursue? Are you the hunter? Or are you the hunted? Dude, speaking of that, um, I, n- neither. But my 10-year anniversary Interesting. is for, for graduating 10-year, uh, what do you call it? Um, reunion. Up, yeah, reunion is next month. And I'm not going to go because my buddies aren't interested. But I was like, I, I don't think I can go because I would just be a distraction with the celebrity status, ha- having a podcast, being an author. It would just take away from everyone else's weekend. So I, I'm going to let them let them go and have their fun. You know what I mean? High I school or college? College. College. Ten years post-college. Isn't that crazy? Yikes. Yeah. 
you probably shouldn't go because you would just be confronted with reality. All your friends are married with kids and just have a lot going on. That is what's happening. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I meant that as a joke, but things just got really sad. No, no, no. It's not sad. I'm right where I want to be. No, I'm super, I'm super happy. I'm going to, I'm going to balance this out a little bit. I want to read a tweet that you got last night. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Um, And, and there's like a, one of those Twitter open-ended questions someone asked and they said, who's the worst player? (laughs) This is already good. Who's the worst player that you've seen personally play for your favorite team? And someone said, and put a picture of you with the Sabres with a big mustache smiling at the camera. Got to be John Scott. Bro doesn't even look like an actual hockey player. He looks like a C-list actor in a rom-com where the love interest is a hockey player. So you're like you're like the villain oh. in a rom-com where the love interest is on your team. Is how I read that. Or am I the love interest? You're not likable enough to be a love interest. You're like you a don't G- have to be likable enough to be a love interest. Yeah, you, you've got to root for the protagonist. Whatever. Who cares? You know what? You can't win them all. That's what I've learned doing this podcast. You, you can't please everybody. And just because that guy has never heard of Pat Coletta, I'm way better than Pat Coletta. <laughs> well, the funny thing That's is... That's not my like, fault. You, you just last night probably just sitting on your couch minding your own business and some guy just tweeting at you telling how bad you are. <laughs> it's just so funny. You know, it's it's comes with the territory. I don't mind getting critiqued. That's why I you play hockey. You make a ton of money. People want to come at you. Come at me, bro. I don't care. I don't get too worked up about it. I, I, yeah, I'm lying because I used to get worked up by it quite a bit when I used to read the comments. You know what really bothered me? I was a fighter. I fought as much as I could. I would go and read the comments on hockeyfights.com, our parent company here. Go and check out hockeyfights.com. Great, great website. Everybody would critique. I would win every fight. I think I was in something like 50, 60, 70 fights. I don't even know. I lost two. Oh, right. Justin Johnson, Colt Noor. Colt Noor hit me in the stomach. Cheap shot. Anyways, every other fight I would win, like hands down going away. Most of them, some of them were, you know, borderline decisions, you know, maybe three, two decision for me. All the, all the, all the comments were like, oh, he's a terrible fighter. He never fights the toughest guys. He never does this. You know, he's, you know, I'd love to see him go against Probert. I'd love to see him go against, you know, all these guys. And I just feel like, what do you want me to do? You know what? I asked all those tough guys to fight. They said no. So what do you want me to do? I asked McGratton to fight. I asked all these guys to fight. What do you want me to do? The only guy I turned down was Steve McIntyre, because that guy is a human assassin. And it was preseason. And I'm not going to like get knocked out in preseason and ruin my career. That's a business decision. But during the season, like, what, I asked Bordolo to fight. I asked all these guys to fight. They all turned me down. So I would go out. I would beat up the guys I fought. And I get critiqued for it. Oh, I should have beat him up more. Oh, it's not fair. You're six foot eight, 270 pounds. It's not my God. Maybe this size. I don't care. What do you, what do you want me to do? I'm, I'm doing the best I can. So I, that would irk me where people would just trash me for something. I have no control over. I beat up Sean Thornton. Oh, he's, he's way smaller. Sean Thornton beat up Derek Bugard. And I waxed Sean Thornton. Oh yeah. You should have won that fight. Should I have? Because before the fight, everybody was saying how oh, Sean Thornton was going to kill me. And I pretty much had my way with them. And it wasn't even that hard. And it, it's just, it's, so those are the quotes that really irk me. And I got, Doyle, what's his name? Jack Edwards 
he cracks the ice when he skates. Oh, don't, whatever. Anyways, so good for that guy tweeting it. I'll, I'll take it. I'm I'm the worst hockey player he's ever seen. Good. Great. I scored a goal with the Buffalo Sabres. Suck it. You know, kick rocks. I went shelf on Bernier in Toronto. Well, Bernier was kind of out of the net. It was a wide open net, but it was in the upper corner of the net. Anyways. In the NHL. That's what it is. In the NHL. One of my best goals, Braden Holpe. I legit. One of your I, best. Hold on. One of your best goals. One of your goals, right? One of my best ones. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> legit bar down from the top of the circle. Have you seen this one? Yes. Yes, I have. Bar down. Mid-stride. Braden Holpe, Stanley Cup champion. Bar down. How do you like me now? All right. What else, Tim? Well, uh, there was a hockey series that finished last night. Want to talk about that a little? You know, I've been very disappointed with the NHL playoffs to date. There has been glimmers of hope of good hockey being played and competitive series. This was one of them. I was excited for game six, Florida, or excuse me, Vegas and Dallas. I was geared up. I thought Dallas was going to come out, have a big performance. They were getting their captain back off of his two-game suspension, which is just a dumb play by him. I don't think it should have been two games. I think Domi should have been the one getting suspended. All that aside, things were looking up for Dallas. They're coming home. They're feeling good. They sh- they're supposed to win this game. I said on this podcast, I said, if they win game five, Guaranteed game seven. That's how it's supposed to go. But then lo and behold, the hockey world, everybody got dumped on because Dallas decided to not even show up. It was one of the most embarrassing performances I've ever seen from a hockey team. Top to bottom. Goaltender was bad. Coach was bad. Defense were atrocious. Forwards were awful. Everybody across the board, Tim, didn't have a heartbeat, it seemed like. Or on the other side of the page, Vegas came out and just asserted their dominance. Vegas looked like they were they were the team who was about to be eliminated. They had the urgency. They were first to the pucks. They were engaging the physical play. They were the ones who were the ones backed in the corner. It, it was such a disappointment, and I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of these playoffs already, just the buildup, and then it's just a complete letdown. We saw it out east. The first round was terrific. The second and third rounds were garbage. We saw it out West. The first rounds were great. The second and third rounds have been just a dud. I want to see a good competitive series for Pete's sake. I'm tired of it. And I'm sure everybody else is too. I want to see a back and forth game. I want to see a game go to seven. I just want to see it. And I, I, do you think we're going to get it with Florida Vegas? I don't know. I really don't know, but let's, let's go back to you. Game six. What did you think? Dallas, Vegas, Talk about it, Tim. I mean, it was a dud for Dallas, but I think this is more of a victory for for Vegas and how they play. I think the, the result of this game speaks more to their strength. And, and DeBoer said, and he's basically said Dallas, uh, Vegas played a perfect elimination game, and they really did. 3.9 for William Carlson, who we talked about last week, is having an outstanding playoff run. He had five points in this series. And and they talk about like the, the updated Smythe rankings and odds and all that there's no one guy they're leaning on it was Eichel early on in the playoff but he slowed down a little bit as the team's gotten better around him and March or so had seven points in this series Aiden Hill has multiple shutouts now he's been he's been nails between the pipes for them you've also got um don't say uh, nails anymore I I really don't like that okay what would you like me to say good he's been very good 
There you go. Between the pipes. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk about William, William Carlson for a second. So five on five, that's been his specialty, especially. Uh, that's probably a redundant thing to say. That's been his specialty. William Carlson, 218 minutes, eight goals, three primary assists, zero penalties taken. He's played more than 40% of his minutes in all three rounds against the other team's top scoring line. And Vegas is up 14 to five with him on the ice. Like you said the other day, like that's, that's championship stuff. That's, that's what it takes. And and on top of that, like you've got Mark Stone, you've got Eichel doing their thing up front, Chandler Stevenson. It's just, it's, they're so good. And they played so well last night, six, nothing in an elimination game is just crazy. And he put in two goals and had an assist last night. So he's up to 10 goals, four assists, 14 points for a plus eight. For a guy who shut down Connor McDavid, for a guy who shut down the complete team of the Winnipeg Jets, going into Dallas, Rupe Hints was just pacing the playoffs in points. He had a good first, uh, he had three points, I think, the first game. Then he shut him down, blanked him. I think he had two assists in game four, but he was relatively non-existent for that series. Connor McDavid, 10 points. I think he had four five-on-five points. So not much for Connor McDavid, who's putting up almost 200 points in the regular season. The guy's a dynamo. William Carlson is single-handedly forcing these teams to have incredible depth because he's not only shutting down the other team's first lines, he's making them play defense. He's putting them on their heels, which is where a star guy doesn't want to be. So if if I'm, I know it's early, if I'm picking a con Smythe, you mentioned all these great players. Eichel's having a run for the ages. He's silencing all the naysayers. Aiden Hill jumps in to the net for Vegas. Brossois goes down in game three. He fills in his first playoff games ever. He's gone seven and three. He's been lights out. He's top five in all statistical categories for the goalies, goals against save percentage. He's been incredible. He's up there. But if my my pick right now has to be William Carlson for his complete game. He's done absolutely everything. He's shut down the other team's top guys. He's producing five on five. He's getting out there on the penalty kill. He's doing it on the power play temp. He is so good. He's the guy that I remember seeing three, four years ago when he was dominating the playoffs as a first line guy. Now he's on their third line shutdown line, Tim. It's it's pretty cool to see his transition from top end guy. I want seven, eight million dollars a year to being humbled and being like, you know what? I'm more valuable as a third line guy. I get that. I don't have to be first power play minutes. Yeah, it's actually been five years ago. If you can believe it, time really flies. And he actually he talked about it last night. He basically he was asked about the difference between this playoff run versus what happened in 2018. He said 2018 was almost like magical. Like you almost didn't appreciate it because it happened so quickly. Everyone was new. It just it, everything fell together so perfectly. And I want to say easy for them, but like it just aligned so well. This time has been much more of a battle. And he said because you realize now after the last four years. How much how difficult it is to get to this point. It's like you don't take it for granted. And um, I don't know. I, I have a hard time betting against these guys. I know we'll talk more later in the week about their matchup against Florida, but bet, but they played very, very well and they've got everything going for them right now. Yeah, I think what we've seen is depth is what's winning right now. And in the past four or five Stanley Cup champions, this includes Tampa Bay, you know, winning two years in a row. Every one of those teams has had incredible depth and everybody's pulling on the rope. I think Washington had 20 guys to score one goal. The Tampa Bay Lightning had 18 guys to score a goal in their playoff run. St. Louis had 20, I believe, as well. Florida has 16 with Peter Angelo picking up a goal last night. Everybody's producing. Everybody's pulling the rope. The only guys who haven't scored, surprisingly, 
are the defense. <laughs> Shea Theodore hasn't had one. Alec Martinez doesn't have one. And Braden McNabb doesn't have one. So everybody else, everybody up front, the top four lines have been producing, not just one goal, not just two goals, like legit producing. So Vegas is very, very dangerous, Tim. I don't want to bury the lead and tell everyone our picks going into the weekend, but it it was, it was a long time coming. I think Dallas got lucky winning games four and five. Vegas was a better team hands down. And here's the bigger question. Their captain, Jamie Ben gets suspended after game three. Dallas goes out and wins games four and five. Jamie Ben comes back. They lose Jamie Ben dash three. Played pretty bad. Is he the reason they lost? Is he another Patrice Bergeron where the captain comes back and the team just falls apart? Are we kind of wrong on these two guys? Don't because they just sewered their teams. Don't lose. You understand why it's different, right? You know, it's completely different. Well, because Dallas made the conference final and the Bruins didn't even get out of the first round. So actually, (laughs) Patrice is probably worse. No, it's not because yeah, it's it's a whole other thing. But but what makes it worse for Ben? Why is, like, is it worse? It's sandwiched between losses. Like Florida won three straight to end the series, and that could happen for a lot of reasons. The fact that it was loss, 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 win, win without him, and then lost again when he come back. It's sandwiched. It makes it worse. I don't think he's the reason. I don't think last night he was the reason. I don't think I don't think he was minus three. I looked at is it look it up right now. I think he was um I think he was even. I think he did cost his team a uh a power play goal when he was in the box, but <sighs> you gotta be better. Your best players need to be better. Heiskinen was minus three. Ottinger, we spent a lot of time talking about six goals and twenty-nine shots in the conference finals in an elimination game is not good enough. I think he had three on sixteen shots in the first period. Just I don't know where you go from here. And we talked about last week, like you have to play him. He's your guy. He's he's your horse. He got you there. But he hasn't been good this entire run. And and DeBoer even said, like, yeah, Ottinger's got some injuries, but nothing that would really affect his play. And so that I hope that is the case that he's not throwing his goalie under the bus and saying, Yeah, there's nothing here that would have held him back. Because sometimes they they kind of protect their they stand up for their players and they're like, you know what? Oh, he was dealing with a lot. Like, go easy on him, media, you know, but he didn't do that. So I wonder if there's a story there too. He's minus two. So I, I would say I was right. You were way wrong. He was minus two. And he was on for a power play goal. So he was on for three goals against. So there's that. Um, I did not like Ottinger's quote. Or sorry, Pete DeBoer's quote. And I, I think he should be fired because of it. What? I knew you wouldn't like it. it well, it, it just says a lot about your team and how you're preparing. And you're just making excuses. So this is Pete DeBoer's quote after the game. He goes, I think Vegas went to another level and maybe one too many nights of us going to the well in an elimination game. That was our fourth. Vegas hasn't played one yet. Every time you go into an elimination game, it takes a toll physically and mentally. It's hard to fill that tank over and over again. I don't think there was a lot left tonight. Like, what the hell does that mean? Honestly, what does that mean? You can't get up for a playoff game every single game. You play every other day. You can't get up to play a playoff game. And the Western Conference Finals with with the Stanley Cup within your grasp, you have to win six more games to win a Stanley Cup and you can't get up because you faced elimination. I hate that quote. It's such a cop out. Like, just suck it up and say you lost. Oh, we couldn't get up. You know, we, we gave it everything we had. What about the first three games when you got shellacked to put you in the elimination zone, Pete? I, 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 I just despise these quotes that people make like this. No one takes ownership. It drives me nuts. 
just say we lost. We made some mistakes. Our captain cost us game three. Our goalie played bad. I didn't coach good. That's it. That's it. Man up, you know, take it like a man. Don't you think? I don't like this. It's just so vague. How can you put a finger on like a toll physically and mentally because it's an elimination game? What? So what what about game one, two, and three? Why? You couldn't get up for those those three games, but you can get up for game four and five, and all of a sudden that goes away in game six. You're, you're too spent. So you spent everything in those two games. What about Vegas? Why are they just smoking you in games one, two, and three? It's not an elimination game for any of you. What happened then? I just don't like it. It's just... Everybody does these little vague comments. The Boston Celtics are doing it right now. It bothers me. What's wrong? Are you still sore about the Celtics? You can't talk about that? No, I'm not as sore as I was about the Bruins, but that was I, I don't understand not showing up. That's the whole that's my whole thing. I drives me nuts. But yeah, we're just like- not playing for the last six minutes. Like literally rolling over for the last six minutes of Celtics. I didn't understand that either. I, I was in a similar situation when we were with the Hawks. We at least went to overtime game seven. You know, it was a heck of a series. They just laid an egg. And just like the Dallas Stars, an absolute egg on the most important game of the season. And they could not get out of bed. It's embarrassing. Ottinger, I'm rethinking him. He played terrible this series across the board. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's not that guy. What else, Tim? Yeah, I want to talk about just put a little context on what Vegas has done this year. So they've been in the league for six years and they've made the conference finals four times. And now they're going to the Stanley Cup for the second time, which is like, I'm not even going to go into like how that compares to Vancouver and Toronto and all those other teams. But yeah. what they've done in such a short window is pretty cool. And I understand like they got a little bit blessed with the system with their expansion draft. And then they got to protect their players with the second expansion draft. And they've had all these exceptions go their way. But you still got to perform and you still got to make good roster moves. Half their roster wasn't there in 2018. Like they've, they've made some smart moves. Smart contracts, things have worked out well. And um, so I think it's pretty cool. And then since they've entered the league, they are second, second in playoff wins behind only Tampa Bay. That's more than Colorado, Boston, Dallas, every other team uh, with 50. Tampa's got 61, and there's a drop off. Colorado's third with 43. So pretty cool what they're doing. And they've done it with different group. I mean, I think there's like five or six. Like there's not that many. And many of the core players, the Carlson's, Marcheseau, Riley Smith, those guys. But a lot of these, I mean, Eichel, Stone, goaltending, like these are all, Petrangelo, they're all new um, since, since 2018. So it's a whole different group and and they're doing it just the same. It's pretty it's pretty neat to see. Yeah, and this general manager, Kelly McCrimmon, has, he's swung for the fences. He's taken chances, bringing in a Mark Stone, bringing in a Jack Eichel, trading for some high-end guys. You know, getting getting uh, Robin Lehner when he didn't have to, when you had Marco Andre Fleury on your roster, going out and finding talent in other systems that the other system didn't know, getting a Chandler Stevenson from Washington for nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now Chandler Stevenson is one of their best players. Going out and finding these little gems all over the the league pretty much and just nailing it using the system getting an Ivan Barbashev at the deadline because we know we have some cap space because our captain's LTIR and now Ivan Barbashev turn around is one of our top guys you put him up with Jack Eichel he is killing it night in and night out he's scoring big goal after big goal night after night so Kelly McCrimmon deserves all the accolades you can throw at him he has put together a fantastic team and they deserve to be where they're at they have done nothing but overcome adversity after last year missing out on the playoffs for the first time in their franchise history everybody thought they were done me included 
We're like, how far can this team fall? You bring in Jack Eichel, he's playing terrible. Mark Stone's got a bad back. Who knows if he's ever going to skate again? Peter Angelo's not getting any younger. This team looks out of sorts. We got Dadanov. We don't know what to do with him. We tried to trade him, trade him 10 times, but the NHL said we can't do it. It's been remarkable the turnaround that this team has had this year. And for Jonathan Marchessault to say, this is the best team we've had since he's been here. And he was one of the ones from the inception. What, what is their line called? The, the bad boys or bad news or... They got a line. His name. What's the name of their line? I don't know. Him, him, Carlson, and what's the name of their line? It's just on the tip of my tongue. Anyways, he has said this is the best team that they've had. And it says a lot because he's been on some pretty good teams here in Vegas. And gosh, I don't see weakness. I thought their goaltending would be a weakness once Brossois went down. Aiden Hill has been the best goaltender in the playoffs, arguably down the stretch. He's played fantastic other than the guy out East, Sergei Bobrovsky. These two guys have been fantastic, Tim. So Vegas is a fun team to watch. I don't see any weakness with them. They're top to bottom. They're very, very dangerous. When you get Keegan Colasar chipping in goals and Will Carrier chipping in goals like he did last game, they're a tough team to beat. They really are. What are you grimacing at over there? Do you remember what you said about Barbashev at the trade deadline? Um, No. You said he would be the most impactful player for their team, for their new team, among all players. He's tied for ninth in scoring, and he's the only one who's done anything and the only one who's moved at the deadline, who's really done anything in the playoffs or, and has advanced more than around. So yeah, I think you're right about that, but I don't know what I'm talking about because <laughs> yeah. I'm just a dumb jock or dumb goon. You got a couple, it's going to be fun um, Go ahead. over the weekend too. Uh, apparently Chelio started saying Peter Angelo on the, um, the broadcast. So I wonder if he's a friend of the show. He might be Chelly. He's on TV too. <laughs> What's going hey, on? It's, it's starting to become a running gag that I can't get on TV. Isn't it? Okay. Someone's doing something here. Cause I, I deserve to be on the NHL network or at least NBC. There's One, no like, difference put, between you and Chelios. You're right. He's way more Tanner and he's Greek, but just speaking about the game, I feel like I could be fine. You know, it's not about looks. Mike Rupp's up there. <laughs> yeah. Rupp ugly. He's pretty good though. He is. All right, let's do some quick hits and get out of here, Tim. A lot of interesting coaching stuff happening here. We'll start with the goalie thing from from uh, Philly. Briere was asked about trading players on their roster, including Carter Hart, and he said he would he would consider it. He said, "quote Most likely, Carter will be our goalie for the future, but I'm not in a position to turn down anything. I have to listen." I like that answer. Like, I, I feel like players shouldn't really be untouchable. Like maybe the one percent of the one percent of players in the league, but like you should hear offers on anyone at any time. You don't know what's available. A um, couple coaching moves. Some of them happened just in the last couple of hours. John Hines is out in Nashville and Antoinette is in. New coach in, uh, for the Predators. I don't know if I like that move. Why not? I, I thought John Hines is a good coach. Nashville. It just Yeah. I, I don't know if I like Andrew Burnett. Played with him. Great guy. But he, I think that is a not a mistake because Kitty's good. He'll improve their power play. They'll get a, you know, a little bump in that area, but John Hines is a good coach. I don't know. What else? Um, yeah, Spencer Carberry is in as the Capitals head coach, announced just earlier today. Um, and as someone pointed out, Andrew, one of our listeners, it's another another fresh name, not the old boys club in Washington, which is good to see, right? Yeah, assistant coach coming out of Toronto. Uh, highly sought after. You know, there was a lot of teams in the runnings for him. I, I thought he was going to go to the Rangers. You know, get some fresh blood in there, a new voice. But obviously, they went back to the well for the old coaches. 
it's like a, a hopper and you pull your hand and who do I got now? Oh, it's Laviolette. I get him. He's in my turn. But yeah, good for Spencer Carver. I think he'll be good there. He's he's a very like player friendly coach from what I've heard. So I like that, you know, a new voice in the locker room. We'll see how he gels with the veterans there. Alex Ovechkin. What are you smiling at? No, just who's next? You mentioned Laviolette. He's going to be the coach of the Rangers. Man, you know, he does well. He's taken, he's coached three teams to the Stanley Cup finals. He's won one Stanley Cup finals with the Washington Capitals. So the guy's won, right? So he has some proven track record, but he's not much different than a a Gerard Gallant. I don't think he he wasn't the coach when Washington won. Well, he has a cup with somebody. I thought he was with Washington. So, but he's not, he's a lateral move from Gerard Gallant. They're very similar type coaches. So maybe it'll work. I don't know. Rangers are still in win now mode. So it could be a good thing. The one thing with Laviolette doesn't really um, like the kids. He he likes his vets. So going in there, if you're a Rangers prospect down in Hartford, good luck. Good luck getting that call up. It's it's not going to happen because Laviolette will play his vets to the bitter end. That's his MO. And we'll see what he does with Lafreniere or Kako. Rumors are swirling. Lafreniere is going to be traded to Vancouver. We'll see what that happens. What a great place to go if you're Alex Lafreniere. Go over to Vancouver where it's going to be just great. Life is great. He's going to hate it over there. But anyways, what else, Tim? Yes, yeah, so Team Canada won the World Cup yesterday or over the weekend. And two friends of the show were on the team, Milan Lucic and Tyler Myers. Uh, pretty cool for them. Lucic is very pumped. He was posting his gold medal on social media all weekend. Very excited. And I think, it is, I hope he signs somewhere. I, I talked, I saw a rumor about him going to Buffalo to protect some of their younger players. They don't have any toughness on their roster and they've got some under, undersized players. Um, so I think it'd be pretty cool there. So good for those guys, especially. They got those. some undersized players. Tage Thompson, Owen Power, both six, six or taller. That's do they, funny. do they play like it? Can they protect? No, they, they're not tough at all, but it is funny that he would go back to Buffalo where he's, started you know the whole downfall of that team by nail and miller i don't think he goes to buffalo i don't think he would okay but we'll see all right let, let, let's just talk about the tweet <laughs> or the the bruce cassidy quote i wasn't gonna cover it i just thought it was funny it's just so bruce cassidy was giving an interview after game five the vegas golden knights just got waxed by dallas and he goes we have 24 giveaways. I'm not sure you're beating the Arizona Coyotes in January with 24 giveaways. And he goes, well, that's no disrespect to Arizona, but that's not the right way to play. It's just hilarious. You know, Arizona has been out of the playoffs for two months. They can't catch a break. They're just <laughs> the laughing stock of the league. As soon as he said it, he had to add like the little qualifier disclaimer at the end. Like, uh, no, no disrespect to them. But, you know, I just dumped on your franchise. You know, my bad. But well, what it does show is they are the laughing stock of the league. Because if he if he is and he's a head coach in this league, there's only 32 head coaches. If he is flippantly just saying this to the press, it's talked about widely known and all the players and coaches know it. Arizona is a garbage franchise and you should beat them every single time you play them because they do not ice an NHL roster. And he said it. And this wasn't like he's obviously talked about this before. If this is coming out of his mouth, because it just rolled off his tongue. You're not beating the Arizona Coyotes in January with 24 turnovers. It's just too bad. A once, a once promising franchise with Ed Jovanovsky and Shane Doan and all these great players. They made it a couple runs in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and now they can't even find a home in their own state. 
the relegated to sharing the rink with the college franchise. And they don't even get their logo at center ice. It's embarrassing. But yeah, good for Bruce Cassidy. It's really Gary Best Batman just be like, gosh, like, can they not be in the news for one week? It's so bad. And then Batman's blowing the Ottawa sale too. Don't even get me started on that. That thing is just a train wreck. Terrible. Elliot Friedman stating that everybody involved is just out to lunch and no one knows what they're doing. So good for Gary. It's just like, get out of your own way, man. All right. Anything else, Tim? Laviolette won in 06 with Carolina. That's right. Yeah. Like Commodore. Yeah. Rod Brindamore. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the show. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday. We got a weird schedule. I got to interview some UFC guy. You mean you get? So that'll be fun. I don't know if I I have to because you're paying us to do (laughs) it. But I get to some UFC guy who's got a fight coming up. We're going to talk to him. And then hopefully you guys enjoy the interview and then you buy the fight. That's how it works. That's how the marketing game works. And you got to smile about it and you got to act like you're interested. So we'll see how it goes. So yeah, join us then. It'll be a good one because he's going to expect me to talk about all kinds of UFC stuff. And I'm just not. (laughs) Give him some fighting tips. Yeah, I should want to grab his jersey. <laughs> you know what you need to do? You got to just uppercut, uppercut, and come over the top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we right should down. try to like. What we should try to do is to get him to end the interview early and just to piss him off. You know what I mean? Really get in his grill. Hockey fighting tips about grabbing his jersey and face washing or whatever, like using your skates to get, keep your balance. <laughs> you know what he wouldn't like is if I, I just undermined how tough UFC guys are. I'm like, you guys are tough, but you kind of wrestle a little bit and you don't really throw any punch. Hockey fighting is the toughest form of combat. I truly believe I could get in the octagon and do some damage. That's what I should say. And he's just going to, his head's going to explode because if you wouldn't last a minute, because oh, I would wrestle and do a ankle lock on you, which is true. But I'll play it up like hockey guys are super tough and octagon guys are wusses. Imagine the the UFC guys in your weight class, what they could do. Oh, murder me. Gorillas. Like, murder me. That Well, I would be an old super heavyweight. I would just be absolutely. I think I would lose to a flyweight in the octagon, like the, the smallest guys, because they know how to like put you in a pretzel. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. What about Ronda Rousey? In her prime. That now we're getting political. <laughs> I feel like I could walk through the women's division. Like walk through it now. Like off the couch, no training, walk through the whole division. Don't you like and I, I, we're gonna get tweets for this. I just think I could. Are we gonna cut this out? No, no, no. I'm just 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 stop there. Well, because I'm just physically bigger, right? Because what's what's the biggest woman in the women's division? She's probably five ten, a buck sixty. Right? I'm running in, I'm six, eight and a half, two seventy-five. All I need to do is connect one. I don't even have to do that. I just ground and pound her to death. Full mount and just elbows. Like she, they're not gonna take me down. Set this up, Tim. Who's who's the champion of the UFC? We'll what get a match. You, you should ask Amanda, the guy on Thursday. 
let's we should just try to get a fight for me versus some some woman <laughs> any woman you take <laughs> you're this choice there's a there's a high probability we're gonna cut this whole because <laughs> we'll be getting trouble i don't know who cares let's leave it in all right everybody well yeah stick around we'll do a couple episodes this week we might do three four i don't know we got some people to talk to thanks for joining us cheers Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.